Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to the podcast with my marvelous guest and pal, Lauren Lapkus. You know, sometimes serendipity and synergy and all of those other good S words come together. And it just so happens that I am releasing this episode uh, essentially on the day that Lauren's new Netflix movie, The Wrong Missy, is available to you, dear friends, to you. Uh, She stars in it with David Spade. It's a comedy. If you know Lauren, you know she's wonderful. If you don't, you will very soon know she's wonderful. So I invite you to please check that out. Could be a perfect Wednesday view, but I want you to know it's going to be there for you even if you don't watch it on the drop date of the 13th Wednesday of May. I hope everybody is doing okay, staying safe, taking care of each other. Please enjoy this app. And the last thing I want to say is, if you are one of those wonderful folks who tends to listen to my episodes right away, I will be streaming live with the marvelous and fabulous Travis McElroy on the My Brother, My Brother and Me slash McElroy YouTube channel on Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific. Please come hang with us. It's going to be super fun. Travis and I love each other. We love life. We love things. We love chatting about things we love. And we want to hear what your favorite things are, too. Um, Just a little ray of sunshine to celebrate all things Max Fun and to celebrate you. So check it out. You can check us out also on social media and you'll get more information and the links and all that good stuff. Again, that's uh, Thursday the 14th at 6 p.m. Pacific. Travis and Janet. McVarney and McElroy together again for the first time. Uh, See you there and enjoy this episode. Bye. I don't do any kind of like opening remark, opening remarks, opening remarks. I've never said it like that before. That's really like now that Lauren is graduating to my podcast, I have a few opening <laughs> remarks I'd like to make. Let me just shift I thought my of a tassel. funeral. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, that's probably more. I mean, listen, uh, I don't know. they're both bad. They're both not great. They're both not great. Uh, I. Have you ever had to do that? Like give a speech at either, like at, at a wedding oh or God. at a funeral or someone's graduation? No, I have given a couple um, wedding toasts yeah. or whatever, but I've never had to like be- make a speech, but I get really nervous and uncomfortable. And I have said no when people have asked me to do them because I, I really just hate it. And I feel like the pressure is really on as like a comedian to yeah. deliver something interesting or just well-written. And it just feels like everyone else can kind of just meander through something. But if you are someone who like yeah. does something performance-wise for a living, people are like looking to you like, well, what's she going to do? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I really have avoided that. Like I've never, and I making speeches makes me really nervous. I think I'm, I think I probably be better at it now than ever before, but it doesn't come up very often. So I think I still have a block with it in my head where I think I'm bad at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I, I had to give a toast or it was it. Yeah, I guess it was a toast at a friend's wedding a couple of years ago. And I was in such denial about it that I did that like dumb like high school kid thinking they can give an oral presentation with zero preparation thing where Uh I really was like I recognize I'm like I'm a smart enough responsible enough person to recognize this is a terrible idea yet I cannot seem to put pen to paper at all about (laughs) this so I'm just gonna speak from the heart it was the first time I've Mm -hmm. ever been like I'm just gonna speak from the heart on something and I stood up and I have never been more nervous in front of a group of people in my life. Ugh. I was shaking. Like, I, f- I looked down and saw the mic quivering. Oh, my God. And I don't even... I blurted out just a shit ton of, like... I th- I mean, I'm, it's a little bit of a, of, of a blank for me because I was so, so nervous. I wasn't even Ugh. listening to myself. But I'm told that I just sort of shouted out a few inside jokes things that were like non sequiturs <laughs> one from the other directly to my friend Christina and no one else and then just like staggered away oh, limply no. after I mean it was awful awful well, that's the thing it's like 
I you see people do these things and they're like that. Like I've been like I, I had a friend's wedding a few years ago where she asked me to speak and I said no. And I was so glad because then when I was there, I was watching all these speeches and I'm like, this is not easy. Like yeah. these people have written this thing to death. And then when they're up there performing it and it's not going well, it's like you just flounder like people yeah. putting in inside jokes that no one gets or whatever it is that thing where you're, like everyone's like okay and then they think it's gonna get this big reaction or something but yeah. not really realizing that only one person gets it <laughs> it's it's so panicky Ugh. my dad is really good at those I feel like that's something that like to the point where I remember he sent me an email a few years ago where he was like I feel conflicted about this. I've been asked to speak at three different funerals um, in, like over the next wow. month and a half. Oh my Which, God. Yeah, he's in real high demand. He must, I think there is a very <laughs> special, special skill, the ability to like gently uh, do a, a eulogy for someone and like, but slip in a gentle joke, like something that oh everyone can kind of go like, oh, <laughs> oh it's so true but like walk that fine line of not pushing it too far I mean that feels like that a class should be taught on that seriously and I well I think my fear with anything like that is that I would just be sobbing the whole time oh god it's just too hard yeah I don't know I mean I feel like I cry I'm definitely a person who will like think I'm singing along to a song just by myself in the car and the song is so pretty that I find myself getting choked up while I'm trying yeah. to sing through it and have gotten been the person who gets emotional like in those high stakes situations again where you would think that for people like us it would be really easy to kind of turn that off because I can when I need to but if yeah. I'm not thinking about needing to I absolutely will be like um, I, I didn't, I, I, yeah, I, I'm so excited to, you know, uh, help welcome my friend. Home. Wow. Um, <laughs> mm, I guess I didn't see this coming. Like what the fuck? So yes, the idea I, of trying to keep it together for something sad is oh, unimaginable no. to me. No, at my brother's wedding, I think I was, oh, I guess I was like 24 or something. And then they kind of sprung it on me like, Hey, why don't you get to make a toast? And I was like, oh, we're like so happy to have Jessica in our family and like it's fun at Christmas. Like I don't even know what I was. It was brutal. Everyone's like, Kay. Were you, oh. were you that sensitive kid like me who had to be let out of movies that everyone else was enjoying because I fixated on one sad part or one part that like kind of expressed the vulnerability of a character in a way that just I couldn't let go of? Or were you a t- no? A but I find that like that. amazing. Oh, that sounds God. like so sweet. No, I was not like that as a kid. I feel like I was, I was sensitive in different ways though. Like I, I would cry over things that were not a big deal to anyone else. Like eating something I didn't want to eat <laughs> or something. And then I'm like, like I remember in kindergarten we had like we would make stone soup from that book stone soup i don't know if that's a well-known thing but it's like in my town every school did this okay it, and i don't it's not well known to me other than that weirdly because we were just talking about the thrilling adventure hour was had like a whole like a whole sort of shirley jackson's the lottery meets stone soup oh. like crossover <laughs> uh episode um what is stone soup i mean i i really feel like well because in the thing that we just recorded it it was like a stone that this woman carried around that she made stone soup out of yeah there was something like that because I, I do vaguely remember the lottery as well that book or story short story or whatever it was but it this is like I think the town has like no food so like they bring in like and I could be making this up completely but this is how I remember it that like the town has no food so everyone like brings in a like a stone but they like say that it's something like my oh, this is potatoes oh, sure. and this is this or you know okay. or whatever and then everyone like eats the soup and it tastes really good and um, in my class, like I'm sure we just made like minestrone or whatever. The fuck. You know, it's like, I'm <laughs> just sure cracked it was, open like, a can. I'm sure it was like so normal, whatever it was. Yeah. But I was sobbing, and I went home, and like every time, so we would do like food activities, and I always would cry. And I actually was just saying to my husband the other day, like I think p- to make let your kid be a picky eater is like a curse because I I was so haunted all the time and like worried about having to eat in weird situations Mm. and it just stressed me out so much so I was always crying about food (laughs) (laughs) okay wait let me back up for a second so when so when you would make stone soup at school the idea was 
was it like a like you reversed it? It was like, hey, I'm gonna bring in carrots, but we're pre- but I'm gonna pretend it's a stone. Whereas in I the do book, think it was like that. You, yes. So basically, <laughs> you're not you're getting the anti lesson of the book, which is totally don't use your imagination. Use the real ingredients. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then one time we made green eggs and ham, and I and I was like, I went home. Like I don't remember. I don't think I ever ate whatever it was, and I lived really close to my school, so I would be like crying and like call my mom, like I don't want to eat it, and then just like leave. But also, it's you so... don't that, that you identified with the character in the book, or does he come around at the end to liking green? Oh eggs yeah, and ham? I guess with green eggs and ham, I guess he does like it. I feel like he must like it in the in the end. Yeah, I but think that's. It seems like there has to be that kind of moral, like actually, it is good. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, so your parents let you eat whatever, like sort of let you be the the kid who sort of pushed away your plate and said like, not yes. for me, thank you. Oh my God, yes. And so my parents would, I would have to eat a certain amount of whatever I was willing to eat. So like I would be sitting at the table for like a long time with like a meatball and just like <laughs> looking at it like it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And like as that gets colder, like it becomes like so disgusting and like. I can't eat it. And then I would throw it in the trash and hide it under a napkin. Like it was just like a, a constant thing for me that like I either had the meal that I wanted or I was like forcing down something very basic that I just didn't want. And what is that? What would be your the meal that you would uh, respond positively to? Oh, like chicken fingers and fries. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> peanut butter sandwich with no jelly. Right. Um, a hamburger with nothing besides the meat and the bun. Okay. But no like, meatball. Like, no, you, a hamburger tucked in a bun. <laughs> Do not give me a meatball, which is just a spherical version of a bun-free hamburger. Right. Like, I had a moment where I would only eat meatballs and no spaghetti, yeah. but then I reversed it and would only eat spaghetti <laughs> and no meatballs. So it's just, there's no rules. It's just what I felt like. And then we read a book bone. where the t- the townspeople ate meatballs but pretended it was spaghetti. Right. Because what they really wished they had was pasta. It's a very sweet story. <laughs> It is. Uh, there's a book. There's a little series of books about a little badger. Have you ever heard of these books named Francis? Oh, yes. I can picture that. Yeah. Yeah. She has. There's a she's she's a little badger, which kudos to. I don't I can't remember. I think it's Francis Hodgson Burnett. That sounds maybe like I just. Wow. Made it up, it sounds I, like I a think, writer. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I, they <laughs> may have. You know what? I'm sure that's not who wrote it. I think she wrote The Secret Garden. Different. Different. Um, But they mm. there. It's this little badger. But no one was writing books about little badger girls. So good. Good job on that. Really. You went. You kind of. Yeah. Pulled, you pulled from a less popular <laughs> animal. Um. And she was one of the books is called Bread and Jam for Francis, and she it is a it is a very sweet book about uh, picture book about her only wanting to eat bread and jam, and um, she sings little songs about her bread and jam, and then oh, I regret I to inform you that in the end she does get sick of bread and jam, and she does become <laughs> a more open minded eater. Well, so. I I was I had the same path. I like was eating. I literally ate a peanut butter sandwich with no jelly for my lunch, probably almost every day of my entire school career from like kindergarten through senior year of high school, <laughs> um, with very little variation. Did you and, switch up the peanut butters at all? Um, no, it was just Jif. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just yeah. Sometimes nutty, sometimes not. Oh, um, what a twist! Chunky, whatever. <laughs> Um, but I then I, I you know I think it was like it took me until like be turning thirty probably to start getting more open minded about eating stuff and now I'll I'll try most anything but it was a long road there but and very frustrating. I mean that for sure. I mean especially like did you spend the night at ki- at other people's houses and stuff? Would yes, that be, that, that would was, be a good oh, stressor. That was the worst. Yeah. I would get so stressed out if someone was like, oh, come to my house and we'll have dinner, like family dinner or whatever. Like, yeah. I just was like, what are they going to have? Like the idea <laughs> that it would be one thing and I don't like that thing and then I'm screwed. Like, do you? Oh, my God. Uh, listen, this is a, this is inappropriately invasive. And I uh, I guess I apologize <laughs> for it. But do you feel like like was it a, just about do you think that it was as simple as like, I, ju- I don't like the flavor of this and it. And it, and it troubles me that you feel like that doesn't matter and that you're still going to make me eat it? Or do you feel like it grew into a bigger negotiation with your parents of like a control thing of of sort of it, it kind of being like its own endless loop? Like, well, now we have this relationship to one another where you I have to negotiate with you how much or how little I eat of a thing. And that, that makes me hate it even more. 
And so now it's gotten bigger than just like, oh, the flavor isn't to my taste. I think it was a little bit of both, but the thing is, like, I my parents really did cater to it. It's like we and we ate a lot of fast food growing up, yeah. which everyone would like to deny now, but it was true. Oh god! And yeah, so, like, I'd gladly eat that. So, I as long as I like, I would eat the thing I liked, like, and I would eat a lot of junk food and be full. But as a, if I was trying to eat something healthy, like that was really hard for me. And I think a lot of times too, it was like my mouth would gag, like the idea mm-hmm. of eating this thing, like it makes me sick to think about eating it. And it was just like a mental block that I don't know where it came from exactly, but it became like the idea of swallowing this thing is going to be like impossible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I could just vomit like in the moment, like being like, Oh, I can't, I can't like mashed potatoes. Like, Oh no. Like just, <laughs> yeah. Was it a texture thing too? It's like, I could, I could try to say that like, there was like a good logic to it, but there, <laughs> there wasn't. It was just like, I would just like see some like, no, like cheddar, like cheddar. No way. I can't eat cheddar. Like just like weird, random things yeah. that would set me up. Yeah. Ugh. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Evanston, Illinois, right oh. outside of Chicago. Yeah. My dad's, uh, my dad is, I always forget if he's, if he was born there or if he was born in the other neighborhood that's right near there that I can't suddenly blanking on right now um Evanston oh, that's and cool though what's the isn't there like another there, is there something right next to Evanston that's also there's Skokie like Wilmette 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 um, mm-hmm. yeah Wilmette. I think he was born in Evanston and then he went to elementary school and part of high school in at a place called New Trier which maybe yes that, that was my rival high school oh yeah does, it, is it, does this conversation need to end it's extremely triggering. Oh, my I'm God. Serious. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll tell you what. My dad will give a speech at your funeral. I would love. Okay, great. I would great, love. Great, 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 Just great. knowing how good he is. Great. Um, yeah, New Trier was like our um, our rival high school. But then I think to New Trier, Loyola was their rival. So like they didn't care about I us. Love triangle. About them. I know. It was a mess. And I mean, I don't <laughs> care about sports. So I just didn't really care. But Yeah. I didn't. I hadn't. That's so funny. I know. It's right? a small world. Yeah, it, it really is. I feel like I meet a lot of, yeah, I've met a lot of people from, yeah, the kind of north side of Chicago, some from the south side. Um, and yet it took me so many years to finally actually go to Chicago. I don't like a lot of places that um, I just never thought to go on my own. And it's, I, yeah. for, for being an independent person, and a person who I feel like enjoys new experiences, I'm shocked at the amount of places I just never got around to going until I had a work thing. And then right. and then I just felt weird. Like, why would I not have come here? This feels weird to not have ever been here until now. Well, I have that too, I think. Like my in my family, like we valued travel a lot and like we would but we would go on big trips like every few years to like uh Europe or something like it would be like a big thing that we would do as a family once I was a little older. And like we might we didn't really travel that much in America like we would go see family in certain parts of the country or whatever but we never would be the family that's like going to Yosemite or right. something and now I'm like oh that would be cool to like those are like so many places that are so close by but with thankfully with like the stuff we do I feel like we get to travel a lot of places that you wouldn't go like, even like some place like St. Louis or like yeah. Kansas City like I, these are places I have no like reason to go but then I end up going to do a show or something and it's so fun like you get to see all these cool places that you could just be going on a little weekend trip to I don't know agreed agreed and I think that the I don't know when you say do a show you're not talking about like you go and do a weekend of stand-up or something or are you no I mean the comedy bang bang yeah, like yeah, going with like podcasts right? and stuff because yeah. if you were like a road comic that might immediately strip away the same feeling that we're experiencing getting to do these kind of more one-off situations yeah I feel like if we're more kind of the grind of uh of doing clubs every weekend that could be that would probably be maybe not for me but I do love the version of this that I feel like we both are yeah doing where you know, I might go to a Comic-Con in a place like mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, which I never would have gone to before. And it doesn't feel as much like, you know, and then next weekend I'm in St. Louis and then the weekend after that I'm right. in Charleston and, you know. Um, Where I think you wouldn't have the interest to like walk around as much. Exactly. Like, it's just exhausting. Exactly. But yeah, I think that the times where I've gotten to go places, like even like Portland, I've gotten to go there to do some improv shows and stuff. And I never would have taken a trip to Portland, but I love Isn't it. It's so, so cool. great up there. It really yeah. is. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. I can't. 
hear I myself, but I'm assuming. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. Hey, thanks for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity. Dumb. Definitely dumb. And like, uh, right here, this one, meritless. What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan, Jesse, go. And it's free. Jordan, Jordan Jesse, go. go. Jordan, Jesse, go. Jordan, Jesse, go. A real podcast. What were some of the places that you guys would go that were your big family trips? Is it you, your parents, and then siblings? And my brother. brother? Yeah. Is he younger yeah. or older? He's three years older. Okay, got it. Um, so we, well, like what the, the first kind of big trip we took was we would do some road trips to like my aunt's houses and stuff, but like we took a trip to Disney world in Florida, which was like a big trip that my parents saved for and was like a big deal. And that was like extremely memorable. But then it would be years later. We went, um, once I was in, and when I was in middle school, like I actually got to go on a trip with my classmates to London and Scotland. Middle like a, school, damn. Yeah, and it was it was a public school, and I mean, I definitely am aware of my privilege that I was like, well, my parents like paid for me to go on this trip. It was really lucky, but it was it was really cool because I was in this uh, sort of reading club. I think that was how it got started, and and then we took a trip with like probably thirty kids to um, England and Scotland, and it was it was wow. so awesome. And that was my, I think that was my first time out of the country, so I went with kids and teachers yeah um and then when i was in high school my parents took me and my brother to italy one year and then we also went to london and paris another year and i think that might be it and then but it kind of instilled in me this feeling of like oh i should if i travel i should do like big trips so mm-hmm. I, ever since then as an adult like i love to just pick a random country and go and I, I my husband's really into that too so like we've gone to germany and sweden and Amsterdam and all different types of places and it's been so cool like J- Japan which is my favorite place mm-hmm. ever oh, so have amazing. you been to Japan I have <gasps> I've only been to Kyoto and uh, Tokyo but I would love to go back and even just explore other areas but I could also yeah. just stay in Tokyo and be you could fully happy yeah if anyone is listening and they like don't know where to go when we're allowed to go somewhere and like you want to go on a big trip like that, Tokyo is the coolest city in the world. Yeah. I d- had no interest in going before a few years ago. It really was like not something that I really thought about. I and really then- thought every every moment of Tokyo would be like Shibuya Crossing. Like I I I imagined yeah. it as being such a little like beehive of activity. I thought, oh, this is gonna trigger all my anxiety because it's gonna be this place where no one speaks English and everyone seems cooler and smarter than me. <laughs> And and it's going to be so busy that I'm going to be like, crowds, crowds everywhere. And then you go and you're like, oh, no, this is like a perfect city. It has that. And then it has every yes. other environment that you can imagine. You can just wander and get lost in like this most quiet little neighborhood. Yeah. Like, it just, just there's so much to see and do. And it is cool. We went we've been twice and we went to Tokyo the first time. And I think then the next time we did Kyoto and Osaka. But I truly was like, I just want to be in Tokyo. It's yeah. just the coolest. It's, um, it really is. Yeah. Um, what uh, What was I going to ask you? Oh, so for the, wait, the, when you say the reading club, were you was it like, guys, <laughs> remember how we finished all those Charles Dickens books that you were so reduc- <laughs> reluctant to read? Guess what? We're seeing Big it Ben. Was, it was kind of like that. Like I think the club, I can't remember like how what came first, like planning the trip or reading the books, but we read books that were like related to those places like novels and then went on the trip and so we so leading up to the trip we had like meetings where we would like discuss each book and um and then yeah the trip was just like so fun because it was like a completely crazy experience to be in a different country and like I, I'm shocked that I handled that well because we did go to to Scotland and have like haggis I mean I didn't eat it but like I remember sitting there and being like oh but God. I'm so I'm so brave for having sat <laughs> yeah, near it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what I was gonna say that's actually what I was thinking I was thinking like I can't imagine I mean I don't I don't have kids so maybe I would feel differently uh if I did but the the anxiety of being a teacher responsible for someone else's child in a in a different oh country sounds awful to me. 
It is really crazy when I think about it too. I I had like really cool teachers uh, and they were my English teachers and they're still, I'm still in touch with um, one of them on Twitter and then another one I've like, I kind of did a little thing at my middle school over some webcam thing like years ago talking to kids. But so I got to see one of them again. But what the one teacher now lives in, I think Thailand or something with her family. So she, maybe she's just extremely adventurous and that was not that crazy for her, but she was like in her early, you know, mid twenties at the time. Oh, wow. Seems crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. you just have to be one of those people who assumes nothing bad will happen rather than assuming that everything bad is going to happen. Right. Which I think right. if I had that responsibility, that would be my expectation and fear. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was your, what was your high school? Like, was it, that was middle school and was your high school yeah. also a public school? Yeah, it was. And it was a huge school. So each class is Evanston Township High School. It was every um, there's only one public high school in the city, but it's a big city. So each class was like nine or nine hundred kids. So oh, wow. there were like a thousand kids huge. in each grade. Yeah. So it was very big and intimidating and also really cool because it kind of felt like you were like you know like figuring out a huge building when you're like 14 like feels cool like i'm gonna go from this wing to that wing between these classes <laughs> my locker. i'm a real wing hopper everybody check me yes. out <laughs> what were you what were you interested in, in in high school were you a good student were you kind of just focusing in on like one specific thing that you liked um i was a pretty good student i was fine i didn't like um, love to go above and beyond but I did well like A's and B's and um, I I was into theater and I my dream was to be an actor but I would audition for every single play and not get into any of them and it was very competitive at my school so like I only got into the like sketch show basically that was like written by kids every year so I got into that and that was cool but I was devastated like regularly by these auditions. Well, if the, the school was that big and you're just doing one play, I mean, you basically could have had four plays going at once with that many fucking students. Like that's a, tr- I can't, how could it not be super competitive? That's just, well, yeah. Too many and there kids were, for, you know, a play. Well, and there were three theaters oh, there were. within the school. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I didn't get anything. I didn't get into anything. So it was actually sadder because there were more opportunities mm. than you were uh, imagining. And touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, touche. Uh, yeah. Um and there was also this one show put on every year that I'm st- I still like have such a fucking chip on my shoulder about <clears throat> called Writers Showcase where students would write like pieces like to be like a poem or like a sort of monologue or they had like it could be more abstract and then there would be two student directors who were seniors and then they would cast the show and every year I knew the directors and I was and each year I got closer in terms of being friends with them like it was a new set of people every year and I was like oh now it's like my best friend doing it yeah and then they would never cast me and it was like the most brutal thing it it hurt my feelings so much I I, I that's what I really remember crying about a lot in oh, high school God. Like not getting into plays oh God yeah those 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 moments of insecurity you know, I I feel like because this stuff comes up on the podcast because of that extra fragile time in our lives, mm-hmm. um, I'm always so blown away by the people who are like, and you know, yes, I was crushed, but that just pissed me off, and I just tried harder, <laughs> and that's why I'm a millionaire today. Like I'm just not that person at all. I mean, I was. Did you get into oh shows, God. or did you? Were you interested I, in it? I did, but um, but I definitely had. I mean, I definitely like went as a freshman I was just looking at some old um uh some old journals that I hadn't looked at in a really 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 long time because I was toying with the idea of reading from them for like max fun bonus content uh-huh. uh, until I realized I was a complete goober um but I guess you <laughs> lean into that but uh but no but I, like I was it. yeah I, I was like shattered that I didn't get into something and it's very clear that I very nearly my freshman year of dumb high school with a fairly dumb theater department was like I guess I can't do this like I guess yeah not getting cast is I mean I must suck like I must I I need this external information to process my worth and you know I I, but see that's so interesting because like I when I hear that, I'm like, what the fuck was my problem that I was like, why didn't they cast me? That's insane. They should. <laughs> that's like, good. That's good. <laughs> but I I'm feel like that's that. like so unearned, like <laughs> to have no proof that you are good at the thing. That's like annoying. Like, <laughs> why do you think you weren't? Was it just a popularity contest? I think I probably wasn't auditioning well. Like I didn't have 
a lot of training or you know I took like theater classes at school but those were just weird and I I feel like a lot of the kids in my school would also go to like Piven Theater which was in Evanston and so like I I didn't and for some reason I didn't want to go to that like I had the opportunity but I felt I think I felt intimidated and like I would find out that I wasn't good or something so it was like protecting myself by not yep exploring I did that. that same thing for sure yeah Oh my God. And then like, you know, I also was doing like choir and I played clarinet and so I was like, but I was half-assing everything. So acting was really the only thing that I cared about, but I also was like afraid to put my full energy Mm -hmm. into it. And so it wasn't until I was a senior and my, I had a teacher who suggested I take improv classes at Improv Olympic and I, and that he was like, you should go do that. That's like what you that's like your style. It's the only place you're going to get ahead, Lauren. Yeah. Trust me. Jesus Christ. You could tell. But I did it. So that was like so life changing because I I truly, I didn't, you know, know what to do with myself and like not getting into the shows always sucked. And um, the the one show I did get into every year was like a big show that the whole school would go to. But it was still that feeling of like, how will I ever figure this out? And like, you know, I I think it would have taken me a lot longer if he hadn't recommended doing improv. Yeah, for sure. Were you writing at all then? Were you like when you did the sketch show, were you contributing material as well? Was that sort of part of it or? Yeah. And I directed the like um, sort of there were like these multiple there was like a few different segments to the sketch show, basically. So there was like a singing group and a sort of comedy element and like the more dramatic pieces. So I directed the comedic sort of group my senior year and wrote for that as well. Nice. So I did start getting into that then, but it was, I still was like afraid to put myself out there in a lot of ways with, um, creating material like that. It felt kind of scary to write pieces and see if, you know, so I I think I might've gotten one in the show, but I I didn't try for more. The permanence of writing something rather than saying like performing someone else's words, which is like a thing that comes and goes or even improv, which is, you know, I like as many of us I think joke around so much like oh I'm only I'm only decent at it because like it, I, I, I I took to it because it meant that I could you know do something and it would be gone and I wouldn't have to criticize yeah. myself like yeah. eight drafts later for you know whatever changes I was doing and 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 I think like that writing and then also the the sort of empowerment of directing I think I feel like I was walking such a tightrope um, of feeling like I really liked it but I was so afraid that that meant I was bossy <laughs> like like mm-hmm. just sort of going I know I have the propensity to kind of be like uh, the person who you know accidentally or on purpose is like okay we've all been assigned you know to write this assignment together as a group of four. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry did someone else want to no okay anyway here's oh my, my thinking God, yes. like just and then but also feeling like I don't think this is appropriate like if someone thinks I'm bossy I'll die so really That's feeling so, that it's pressure. so interesting like I I think because at the time in your life, like when you're a teenager, you can't really articulate that to your friends. So like, I think I was okay with being bossy, but I wouldn't have thought that someone's internal monologue was like saying all what you're thinking. You know what I mean? Like, right, it's right. like you're so obsessed with your own perspective at that time in your life that it's hard to like fully imagine that other people are like having their own narrative. Right. But like when I was directing, I remember one time everyone was like, cause it was all like younger kids and everyone was being really annoying and like and not listening to me and whatever I remember I screamed at everyone because I was mostly nice and like fun and let everyone do whatever they want but then I had a certain moment you guys stop it and I was like crying and like screaming like you have to listen to me oh my god I remember like everyone turning and looking like oh no like we <laughs> ruined it like it was a very memorable thing and then that was written about in my yearbook and stuff like, it w- oh no the time that i the time that i screamed at everyone and uh, it was oh, good but, though, it, but it's like they, they, in your messages not like there was a yeah. there was an article oh no 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 <laughs> like uh, people writing like a sort of like funny memory of like oh that was the time where we all had to listen you know whatever we weren't listening to you and you went crazy uh-huh. um, <laughs> you didn't win most surprising explosionist <laughs> No, but I did win Best Actress. So what? somehow, even though I wasn't getting into any, that's the big irony of it all is that I wasn't getting into anything. But the, I think because most of the students went to the sketch show instead yeah. of the other plays, they were they voted for uh, me, uh, 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 and so I still won. You <laughs> beat them all. Uh, were you dating in high school much? Um, well, that was my hope and dream for the entire time, and it was a huge focus. Just right up there with wanting to get into a play was like, I just need a boyfriend. Yeah. And 
um, I didn't have any luck in that department and I was always picking the wrong people and yeah. I would just like like the popular kid who wouldn't look at me kind of thing like all the time yeah. and then eventually my senior year I believe it was I got I like had my first kid or my junior year I had my first kiss and my senior year I got a boyfriend and like that was all like finally happening at that point but I was like 17 before I had yeah. anything like that I do I, so, yeah I do love that you say I got a boyfriend it kind of does sound like you, <laughs> you got a dog or you got like a car or <laughs> it was kind of like that, I like, landed just one a box in one some way but like it was kind of unbelievable at the same time where like you kind of build when you're that type of person where you're thinking about it for years and like yeah 17 feels so late when you are 17 sure. like now it's like whatever like that's not bad like yeah but I I felt like I was so behind everyone and then when it finally happened it was just like cool that it happened like my first kiss was very much like checking a box mm-hmm. like oh great like that's not someone I'm dating but like that's awesome and then when I like started dating the guy that I liked who was like in my friend group and it was like actually like a normal progression for like a relationship it was just kind of like oh it's happening like whoa like before that it seemed like I would have to like force this thing to happen and like I don't know but when you when it happens naturally it's it's exciting well I'm glad that you that it that it was exciting and that you had you could sort of like step outside of it and 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 go hey and and, you know and look this is a thing that happened kind of organically and this feels good rather than like the thing that I think happens to a lot of us uh, often which is you know the thing where you see it from a distance and you assume it's going to feel like this this and this and then Mm -hmm. it happens and you're like oh huh yeah I guess this is I guess now that it's happening to me now it's normal so I best look beyond this at something else that I am looking at from the outside and thinking that's gonna, you know, that's gonna make me happy mm-hmm. or that's gonna check this next box or whatever. Um, totally. You know. Did you, uh, how long did that, did you guys date? Two and a half years. Ooh. So that was a long relationship. Yeah. So he was a grade older. And so we started dating my senior year of high school and he was a freshman in college and he like came to prom with me. I think I'm remembering this correctly. And then, we, and which was the prom thing was kind of the first step of us doing like he agreed to like go to prom with me. So it was like, that was very exciting. And then, um, we dated for like two and a half years, like into college and stuff. And like my the rest of my senior year and into college and he went to a different school. And so it was like long distance for a while. And that ended up being kind of the killer of it. I yeah. think that it was just like, this isn't like we're like kind of pretending we're still in this relationship and we're both like probably flirting with other people and like not taking this seriously so not taking the amount of seriousness that it required as a person under 20 exactly like yeah I mean like it's like yeah I'm sure I was so immature about the whole thing and rightly so and like it just should have ended earlier so that we could both do whatever we wanted but right that's not what happened I I tend to like stay in things like a really long time so I feel like that was natural that it's for me in terms of how the rest of my relationships have gone that makes sense that I stayed with him that long even though it probably had died out like six months before we broke up yeah but it's especially (laughs) hard I think if you're if you are if you tend to be that kind of person and then whatever's going on in the relationship isn't awful it's just that you're yes. su- that you're apart or you're friends but you don't you're not in love or like those things mm-hmm. it's 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 that middle ground that traps you I think if you have a good heart because you know it feels easier to be passive because you probably still care about the person um than it does to sort of you know sh- really shake it up and like either yes. hurt or be hurt or worry that you're gonna make a mistake like passivity I think the lack of choice um, especially with respect to like jobs and relationships uh, for a lot of us is it's just so much easier when the decision gets made in some other way and then oh my god yeah and the, and the decision getting made for you could have been that he was going away but since neither one of you called it <laughs> it's like yeah oh so oh, we're still gonna right 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 right, right. Yeah. yes of course we are yes of course we yeah. are yeah and, and I look back and I'm like, I never visited him at his school. Uh-huh. It wasn't far. It was a drive, but I never went there. Yeah. And it's like, well, why didn't I go there? Like, yeah. I don't, that seems, yeah, it doesn't seem like a good sign. <laughs> so that's all kind of obvious, but I agree. It's like, I have a really hard time with, with breakups where it's like, nothing's really going wrong, 
but you just know it's that you need to break up but like it just feels like all i would want is like, just cheat on me so that this could like be ending like yeah. kind of dramatically and like yeah. it makes sense but like you know i only i've only dated really nice guys who don't do that i guess so how dare you <laughs> what a I waste <laughs> um when you this is a this is a curiosity I have as somebody who did not was never in an orchestra or a band I just was in like a, a youth guitar ensemble uh, as like an Whoa. extracurricular thing that was just offered through my elementary school that I kind of that continued with I mean it was kind of a big deal um, <laughs> but uh, but how did you pick your instrument like how, I, I'm always so curious how people oh, end up yeah. with with like you got the clarinet how'd that come to be Okay, well, I remember it happening. So it was in elementary school, and they, they, like it's the Kennedy assassination. I, I really, I, I know exactly where I was. I was in the auditorium, and they did a presentation on instruments because they were letting us, you know, if you wanted to join, you could pick an instrument, and they kind of explained all the instruments, and. I remember this because I was really excited about multiple instruments that were not the clarinet, but I had reasons why I didn't do them. So the drums were off. I, that was my first choice was to play the drums. Yeah. But then I saw that you had to just practice on this like pad oh, yeah. and it was like lo- really boring looking. So I was like, well, I don't want to just like hit a pad with a stick. Yeah. Like that's not an instrument yeah. in my mind. Agreed. And so then I wanted to play saxophone and I thought that was the coolest one. But then they, t- they explained that a lot of people start with clarinet and then move on to saxophone. Oh, so starter. I said, that, I'll do That's it. insulting to the clarinet to be sure. <laughs> It is. I don't. I don't. I don't know if that's like really true, but I. Rem- <laughs> I always remember that. So that's why I picked clarinet, and I never practiced. And I actually just confessed to Mary Holland the other day because we were talking about clarinet for some reason. And I confessed that this is very disgusting. I had a clarinet, and I, re- you know, we rented it from like a local music shop, and. I never wanted to practice and I, I, my house, like you could hear everything. Like it just felt like embarrassing yeah. to like practice. And I don't know. I just didn't have it in me. And so, you know, clarinets have a reed that you have to suck on to like attach to the clarinet yeah, and to help play it. And I, I would like, I guess, I guess what happened is that I would suck on the reed and then like play it or whatever for two seconds and then just put it back in the plastic container and it like got mold. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I would keep using it. Like, I never said to my mom, like, I need a new one. Like, I just, like, would be like, suck it the next time and put it on. Like, how disgusting is that? (laughs) I'm glad you didn't get some sort of weird infection, I guess. Like, a weird stomach infection. I probably did. (laughs) Never put it together. (laughs) Wait, did it have, like, a smell and a taste? Like, that you were like, I I just got to push past this. That's the only solution. Well, I, I'm kind of gagging thinking about it because it was like this woody. Of course, it was like the wood of the reed, but yeah. it was just gross. It was like it was already wet. It was just and it was like splitting. <laughs> like it was just I just did everything wrong with it. But you're also oh. reminding me that I had like so much orthodontia in my life, like oh. from age seven through 18. And then I just recently got Invisalign to like fix the fact that I never wore a retainer after all of that. Yeah. But I had like a thousand different contraptions in my mouth. And when I was in middle school, I had this crazy thing that no one's ever known what I'm talking about when I explain it, but <laughs> it was called a four C herbst. So it was, uh, it went four crown herbst is what it was. So it would go on each of your crowns in the back, like they're like your back teeth. Okay. They put these crowns on and there would be like basically a pipe with a thing that would go inside the pipe. So like two metal, like a metal rod and a metal hole uh-huh. rod. You know what I mean? Like a hollow yeah. rod. So it would, it would connect inside your mouth so that it would keep your jaw aligned and like push my chin forward was basically the plan. Okay. And for some reason in my sleep, I would open my mouth wide, I guess is what would happen. And then chomp down and (laughs) bend the metal rods. Okay. And I would have no memory of this. when I woke up, they would just be bent and unable to go into each other. So I would have them dangling in my mouth, like not doing anything. So there's just these like metal rods, like dangling (laughs) that aren't connected and fully like useless. And then I would go get it fixed and they were, they truly, every time I was there, they go, this is crazy. How did this happen? This is, it would take the jaws of life to do this. And I was just, and I would say, I don't know. And then, but they shamed me so much that I never wanted to get it fixed every time oh, it God, happened. Of course. So, cause I was like, oh, they're just going to act like I'm crazy. That this happened again. So I don't want to go in. So I would just like have them dangling in my mouth for a ye- like, probably years. <laughs> <laughs> Just not telling anyone. I do. I know that I didn't have that exact thing, but I absolutely have a memory of when I had braces of like 
a tube, a metal tube that had a thing that poked inside it that would that it would bounce that. out and like stick the inside of my cheek, like the end of it needed to yeah. be inside the tube, um, or it would it like been scratch the against like, my cheek. Oh my god, it's horrible! Like all that stuff was so bad, and now that kids have Invisalign, I'm so jealous because I got clear braces at the end of everything that I did. I had like you know just years of work, and then the final stage was braces, and I got clear ones, which by the way are yellow when you don't take they care just of make them. You look dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so gross. Yeah. Like I can't believe I was walking around with these like yellow rubber bands around my teeth. <laughs> that is so disgusting. And then, like, when I finally grew up, uh, the second I got the braces off, I didn't get a retainer because no one said I had to come in for an appointment. And I was like, I'm never going back there again. And so my teeth, like, shifted so much that, like, now I just finished Invisalign a few months ago. And I'm so grateful because it was getting out of control. Like, all my teeth were shifting so much. Mm. But, like, if I had had Invisalign in high school... I'm sure I would have still found ways to make it disgusting and not have good <laughs> hygiene with it. But like, it's so much less embarrassing to have just like clear al- aligners. It's crazy. What was the, what was being corrected? Like what you, they, they wanted well, to push so, your chin forward. Yeah. So when I was really little, my teeth grew in, like my big teeth grew in like all just a jumble, but they didn't want to pull any of them. Like some dentists were yeah. suggesting pulling teeth and this one said he wouldn't do that, but he would do all this so I basically had a palate expander which made the top roof of my mouth wider so that the teeth could kind of fit in and then I had a retainer and then I had a lip bumper which was on the outside of my bottom teeth and kept my lip away from my teeth I don't exactly know what that was doing (laughs) but it didn't look cute and then I got the 4C Herbst, that thing that just yeah. didn't do anything. <laughs> um, and I so there was, I think there was something else mixed in there that I can't think of. But then, and then the braces came to kind of just like fit, finish the oh, job. God. So it was all a matter of keeping moving my jaw forward a bit because my my I had a bit of a weak chin that wasn't you know like whatever my an overbite is the word. Yeah. And so they were trying to make everything lined up, but it was a mess and um, a horrible situation. But I mean, I'm I'm like glad I have straight teeth, but I still had to end up paying like thousands of dollars to fix them. Oh, ten years, you know, know, 10, 20, 15 years. My bo- I, my bottom teeth are definitely just get somehow moving closer and closer to each other, and then overlapping each other. And yeah, I, 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 yeah, I sort of thought like. Well, A, why is this happening? Because I feel like I'm done growing. So I guess I don't totally right. understand why as an adult. They continue to shift. Yeah, why they do that? I don't know. But why. you have really nice teeth. Do you have a lot of orthodontics? I had like- braces. Um, I think a lot. I mean, I definitely had braces for, but I had it for sort of like the, that like, you know, requisite two years, like eighth, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth uh-huh. or whatever. Um, I just said three, but, uh, but it, but I had I was pumpkin tooth right so I had giant gaps so everything had to like oh, tighten and close up for me cute. so I have the so my memory <laughs> is like the pressure of feeling like my teeth were you know it feels like you're walking around feeling like someone is pushing your teeth together it's a tremendous yes. pressure to just and like mine was the opposite like my oh. my dad had to crank my palate expander every oh, night God. with this key to like make it a, like <laughs> so crazy like it's a so centimeter draconian. more opened yes like oh. so every night it'd be like a turn of the key and i'd be like ah and like go to bed like in pain it's like so brutal it's so crazy <laughs> it seems so crazy that na- like the the idea that nature <laughs> Or, you know, that genetics wouldn't be like, you know what? Let's just not go through all this together, guys. Like, right. let's just let's just get it right so that because to presume that someone else is going to be able to fix this externally as a when you're young, uh, obviously we were we were going to figure that out as a, as a species. But for mm-hmm. a, a real long time, that wasn't a thing. Like, imagine like you're just no. born exactly the way you are, but it's 200 years ago. And that's yeah. it. Like, don't you kind of oh want to see would have... the version of yourself that has those teeth? I want to see the version <laughs> of mine that just has like a gap between every single tooth. Is what it felt yes, like. Yes. I would have a pile of teeth that are just like a jumble. <laughs> and then I would have like my eyes. I'd be blind because I can, I can barely see as it is with all my contacts and glasses. Like I would be like wearing either the thickest glasses known to man yeah. if it was like the 1800s. Or I would just be like, oh, I'm a blind lady. Like they would just... Like, <laughs> 
it's it's ridiculous. Oh. Well, I was just thinking though, my dad, like my dad, uh, his parents are from Lithuania, and he like came over when he was was a baby from Germany. Like basically, they had to like immigrate over here, and so they had that mentality of you know, and it was the forties, fifties. Like there's no money, whatever. My grandma massaged my dad's top teeth into place <gasps> as they were growing and his top teeth are perfect his bottom oh teeth are my. a mess but she like literally with her hands <gasps> pushed on his teeth every day and they became straight that blows my mind isn't that crazy that's amazing yeah a teeth she's a tooth whisperer I mean, it's truly like so cool. But yeah, just get, once you get in touch with the frequency of the tooth, you, eventually you don't even have to touch them anymore. You can just. Oh, yeah. You just start sending them mind waves. Just love them. Just, just love on yeah. them. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to get into this MASH game with you to yes. round out our episode. Uh, for the first category, I think I'm going to start with... Well, I might as well start with the food category because uh, it's a perennial favorite of mine. And I think we, yeah. we, we did cover some ground with, uh, with your food likes and dislikes. So let's do... This is the category of um, three foods as specific or as general as you would like that in our alternate universe that we're creating here, uh, there are no ramifications. So it can be for, you know, sort of ethic reasons that you don't eat something or you mm. wish you could eat it forever, but it makes you feel sick to your stomach because there's so much sugar in it after a while or anything like that. We're, we're giving, we're stripping all of that away. You can have it in perpetuity at the snap of your fingers forever. Oh, okay. I would say filet mignon. Right. Um, I would say pasta with pesto, my mom's recipe. That's the only one I really love. Um, and then I would say, um, chow mein. Oh, great. <laughs> great, great, great. That, this is how the game is played. So don't you worry. Uh, okay. really good choices. Okay. Uh, let's do next category. Three places in the world that you have not yet been, uh, with your husband. We're going to send you on a little, uh, vacation and you're teleporting there. So you do Ooh. not have to worry about how far it is expense all of that we're throwing out the window three places okay greece um i would like to go to i want to go to lithuania and i want to go to I'd, I'd go to new zealand if i didn't have to worry about the flight time yeah me too it is great though you got to go there anyway um i went to australia do you feel it's the same i don't feel <laughs> first of all fair question very fair question sadly I don't feel you can feel that you saw New Zealand if you saw Australia. They're really okay. different. Okay. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And oh, I, the people are so warm and kind and, but it really is staggeringly beautiful. Like, like it's, yeah. it's the, the sort of joke is uh, that you go, if you go to the North Island, um, which is spectacular, they apologize to you that it's not the pretty island because the South Island is so beautiful. Oh I mean, my it's God. Um, so yeah, we, we've got to get you there. Um, okay. Wow. Next category, we're going to do three, uh, <laughs> this is like revenge play time. So uh, you get to do any role, male, female, doesn't matter, age, none of that matters. This is sort of like, the one, you'll get one of these out of three, but three plays that you get to do that make you feel like avenged for not getting cast and stuff when you were in high school. Okay. Noise is off. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was one I didn't get into, but then they ended up not being able to do oh it for God. some reason. You would so have been felt a so bit... funny and great. Wouldn't in that. that have been cool? Ugh, I mean, at yes. the time, I probably would have been horrible. Okay. Noise is off. Um, I would say, hmm. Um, I want something funny. 
Um, all I can think of is like lame as Rob, but I don't want to be in that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to put Writer's Showcase, the show that they wouldn't let me be in for some uh, reason. Yeah. I'm gonna, I want that chance. Yes. And then let's do Peter Pan. Oh, great, great, great. Um, do you listen to This American Life? They just re... I, I haven't in a long time. They just re-aired, they just re-aired a really old, really old episode from oh. like the first year. That's the fiasco episode where Jack Hitt yes. describes that Peter Pan production. I need to listen to that because so that just came good. up in conversation recently. Oh, God. And I, so th- well, have you watched those videos of like, there's like one video online of a Peter Pan play at a school going completely awry where like the, the someone's using the pulley system like all wrong. Yes. So people are flying. Yes. This <laughs> is, is that exactly, what I'm talking about? Yes. This is, that's exactly oh, what okay, I'm okay, okay. But the way he describes it is so like beautiful oh, no, and great. perfect as he's sort of talking about like a child just sort of dangling like a spider, like a dead spider <laughs> off of this line. It's just great. Uh, okay. Wonderful. Peter Pan got it uh now all due respect to your wonderful husband it is a mash game we're gonna some alternate universe uh romantic partners Mm -hmm. and the sky's the limit living dead a character from a comic book an animal uh uh, an actor or actress who you know who cares who they really are it's whatever their persona seems like um from any era uh three okay i'm gonna say um donald gleason who's like my favorite have you been watching run Yes, I only saw the first episode though. I have to watch the. I think another one. I was has come very up. excited that Merritt Weaver is in that role. It just seemed I love like her. how did we? How did they break the system and give it to like the person that it should be, but necessarily exactly. probably wouldn't be normally. That's what I was saying too. I was so happy that it was like a, just an amazing actor, and it wasn't like just some hot lady who's. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I just hate everything like that. So she's just legit so good. Did you watch that other show she was on? Oh, yeah, um, the Unbelievable. Yes, yeah. Unbelievable. That was so good. She was on, I think I saw her in something even before this, but she was in Nurse, she was on Nurse Jackie. Um, oh. And she is so delightful on that show. Even if you're not interested in the show itself, her character is just like, the most adorable, funny, weird, vulnerable, just great, wow. great, great character. Um, so yes. Actually put her on my list. Yes. Uh, I'll take that's her. right. That's I would like either one of them. And then um I'm gonna put on Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle. Great. Great. <laughs> yes. Again, the, that is what this game is for. This is very <laughs> well well selected. Uh and why him specifically? Uh, I had a crush on him as a child, and I feel that he should get a place. He was the hot one. He liked pizza. He was the He's hot cool. One. He's a skater. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I can't argue with any of that. Uh, okay. Next category. Let's do three. Let's do three kind of superpowers um, that uh, that you can use, but you could sort of use it for mundane stuff if you want to, and it's not like. It's not like, oh, I'm, te- I'm telepathic. I have to hear what everyone's thinking all the time. It's like, okay. you can turn it on and off at will. I'm going to say for sure being a fly on anyone's wall at any time. Great. All I want in the world is to, like watch just how people interact with their husbands or like whatever. I just want to watch everything. Yeah. Um, or what people do when they're alone. That's one of them. Great. Uh, the other one would be um, being, I guess I would like to be telepathic, but... That's true. I would only want to use it at very certain times because I think my fear with that skill is that I would get my feelings hurt a lot. Oh God, that's all I think about. Hear. I can't yeah. get. I couldn't. I can't even push past that. That's why I would have to be able to turn it off. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't want to. I'm not going to just inadvertently hear your thought. This is. It would. No. It would be more controlled than that. Um. Um. And then I think my other skill would be to be able to duplicate money. Great. 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 Uh, how do you think you would do that? <laughs> Um, magic, magic. It's pure magic. I guess I won't make you say like, well, I would have to spit it out. Uh, it would be happening <laughs> in my innards I, somehow. <laughs> no, what I would want to be able to do is like edit my bank account to say more and it just be true. Oh yeah. Great. Like giving yourself an A plus, uh, in an eighties yeah. movie, um, yeah. by hacking into the school's computer. Great. Uh, okay. Three. In fact, now that we're talking movies, let's say three movies that you can pop into and just hang in that world. You're not necessarily reliving the plot, nor are you necessarily character. It's just sort of like getting to disappear into those worlds. Okay. Big. Great. Um, about Time, which is a Donald, Donald Gleason. Gleason. Wonderful. Um, and then um, 13 going on 30. Great. 
Okay, great. Um, now let's do three real world skills that, uh, not the show, that you would, uh, <laughs> that you would like to wake up with and just sort of know and be expert in. So, you know, languages, um, saxophone, uh, <laughs> you know, master okay. eater, I don't know. I would actually put languages on there. That would great. be an amazing skill. Um, I want to put singing and um, playing piano. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, and then last category, let's do three um, three artists. It could be singer-songwriter, um, actors, improvisers, writers, authors, anything who are no longer with us that you would love to have had uh, like a sort of creative collaboration with in some way. Okay. Robin Williams. Nora Ephron. Yeah. Um. Maya Angelou died, didn't she? God, that's, yeah, yeah that's one where, that, that's one that I got scared of because that's one where people are like, oh no, she already passed away. And you're like, no, she didn't. Yeah. And that was true. No, people she's thought that. And she's, yeah, people thought yeah. that when it wasn't true. Yeah. But now it is. But she true. did. Yes. yes. Great. Yes. Okay, so she's on my list. Maya Angelou. Okay, great. Um, all right. Give me a number between. No, I'm not going to do that with you because you know MASH pretty well. So just, you know, I'm doing that little oh, okay. wiggle where it just tell me when to stop. So okay. tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Uh, while I am doing these calculations, will you please do myself and everyone listening a favor by telling people about your new Netflix project? Yes. So, okay, I have a movie coming to Netflix May 13th. It's called The Wrong Missy. It stars me and David Spade on a total can't believe it's happening situation where he has texted the wrong girl to come to his work retreat. And that girl is me, a person he went on a blind date with who was horrible to be around. And so I show up to his work retreat and I make it all crazy. And um, I'm really excited for everyone to see it. It was a very, very fun time. So that's coming out May 13th. And while I'm here, I'll just tell you about Newcomers, my podcast with Nicole Byer, where we watch Star Wars for the first time. Oh, and yes. it's been a journey, to say the least. <laughs> and if you like Star Wars, if you don't like Star Wars, I think there's something for everyone with this podcast. We have on guests who care about about Star Wars. So it does balance us out a little bit. Uh, do you have, have you had guests that have been such Star Wars wonks that they like have to hide their exasperation? inspiration uh about yeah you not a little something. bit yeah yeah then they sometimes don't even hide it because it's you know all comedians who are like what okay no that doesn't make any right. sense but <laughs> yeah most of the time everyone's pretty nice about it and they're like it is confusing it makes sense you didn't get that but there have been moments of like what do you mean what are you why would you say that about that and like nicole loves jar jar binks so people were oh, like oh sure it's very like, controversial like exact wrong opinion yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do people, this is my last question about that podcast, which everyone should check mm -hmm. out indeed. Do people bring in, because what I didn't realize, uh, and I apologize for not knowing to, again, all of you Star Wars lovers, about all of the other media that you can consume, like not just like Clone Wars, the cartoon, but like the books and like comic books and all of this like canon stuff that apparently has just been going on and be and has been available like, do people bring that into the podcast or is it strictly like, these are the movies, these are the yeah. films? So we're doing 20 episodes total. So we're doing like 10 about the movies and 10 that are spinoff sort of stuff. Gotcha. So we did episodes about fan fiction where we wrote our own fan fiction. Nice. And um, it's very erotic. And <laughs> I think, it, I mean, I think that's, that's what fan fiction it has, has to, to be. be. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. And we um, watched the holiday special on YouTube, which is like really bizarre. And so there's like a lot of things that, yeah, we're delving it really deep. We're going to do an episode about toys. Oh, great. Great, 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 great. Um, yeah. So we're, we're, we're getting really into it. I'm going to know everything about Star Wars by the end of this. Oh, fabulous. I can't wait for you to be a total snob. Uh, okay. All right. I'm very pleased indeed with these results. I think you will be okay. too. I feel very good about this. Very, very good about this. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you, well, I'm going to start with this because I couldn't read my own handwriting for a second and I couldn't figure out what prano meant. And then I realized it says piano. So congratulations <laughs> for your ability to prano. Uh, oh, you can be your wonderful pranist and uh, you can you can play with the best of them. Um, so that's me wonderful. Now, that doesn't have to include playing piano by jumping around on your feet. Um, but you do have the ability to go into big, which does prominently feature a giant oh. toy piano. 
Perfect. So please know oh. that you uh, you also will be able to jump into that world whenever you want um, and just sort of take a, a, a break from the real world. That being said, I want you to rest assured, you also have a mansion in Greece that yes. you could just sort of teleport over to and, uh, and have an amazing experience in um, uh, with unlimited filet mignon. This is all very like wow, classy high good. life stuff. Um, oh my god! Uh, so enjoy that. Uh, I loved your performance in Noises Off. Um, Thank people are you. still talking about it, <laughs> and uh, and I believe Robin Williams was in that with you. I know you guys yes, did a few different yes. things together. Um, uh, that uh, that would be uh, something that I think not just you would would have such a pleasure watching. So agreed, and I'm really glad that you got Robin. Um, Thank you. He was a wonderful man, and uh, and then that leaves us with a couple of other pieces of good news. Um, number one, I know he's not with you because you have the ability to duplicate money but uh-huh. you do have that not that you're going to need it because you're clearly making a tremendous amount of money some other but, way but uh, it's always good to have it's more. always yeah. good to be able to duplicate money <laughs> um and you could use that for good i you know you could just i mean i guess technically you could just disrupt a total economy by, uh, by suddenly <laughs> having like a, a weird surplus of money but who cares um but so anyway i know he's not with you for your many skills or for your beautiful mansion in greece but you did end up with your first choice, uh, Mr. Donald Gleason. Oh my God, this life I is so amazing. Know. It's so rich. It's just like wow. Mm, that's a that's a that's a robust life we've just given you in this alternate that's universe. Yeah, not too bad. I love not it. too bad at Playing all. Playing piano in my Greek mansion with Donald Gleason. I know. I mean, this is like, that's a dream. That's an embarrassment of riches, is what that is. I love Stop it. Stop duplicating money. You don't even need it. Jeez. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> Well, Lauren, I'm so excited that we finally got to do this. Uh, I I told you in an email that um, it got to be so long that you hadn't done it that I felt like it was there. There must have been some reason, like maybe you just didn't want to, or no, that like no. you were you also were very busy doing a ton of podcasts. So somehow I was like, I'm yes. sure it'll organically happen, just like going to other cities that you always wished you visited. It came through yeah. work. <laughs> I know, but it's still it. it's still great. I'm so, I'm so glad, glad I finally prompted got to do me it. forward because I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. So thank you, thank you, thank me you. Too. I'm so glad. Um, everybody, check out uh, those two new rad projects of Lauren's. Obviously, if you're a fan of hers, or even if you're not, you will find out very quickly that there is a world of other stuff to explore. Uh, that you will be very grateful that you did. That she has made and done and been in. Um, and everyone, take care of yourselves and this weird place and time the show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.